the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt. Welcome to the interview with Hugh Hewitt, sponsored by AndrewandTodd.com. Andrew and Todd are with Sierra Pacific Mortgage. They help you with all your real estate lending needs. If you're refinancing your home, if you're buying a new home, if you're a senior who wants a reverse mortgage, if you're a veteran who doesn't want to put any money down, whatever it is, if you're in the private real estate market for yourself, and maybe you want an investment property, try AndrewandTodd.com or call 888 Now on to the interview with Hugh Hewitt. Welcome back, America. It's Friday. I'm Hugh Hewitt inside the Beltway, welcoming in Doug Maurice. Doug is, of course, the co-host of the College Football Playoff Show podcast with Shahan Rajahat. I screwed it up again with Shahan. Uh, Doug, I've asked you to stick around for the second hour, the first, because the biggest story in sports is OBJ. And I listened to your take on OBJ yesterday. I'm going to foreshadow that it's my take on OBJ. I want you to explain it to people because we're grown-ups. That's the difference between the rest of the world. You and I are, are, you're 20 years younger than me, but I'm 20 years. Most sports writers think the OBJ story is a story that needs explaining, and I need you to explain it. But first, the College Football Playoff Show podcast. What was the most important college football game last week and the most important coming forward? And by the way, my copy of The Road to Ohio State arrived this week, and it's fabulous. Well, I appreciate that, Hugh. Thank you very much. But the, the big game last week was Michigan-related, right? It was this Michigan-Michigan State game that was a high-quality game. Somebody had to win, somebody had to lose. But here's the idea that those teams both played that well. Michigan State won. Michigan State was then number three in the initial playoff ranking. Two weeks from now, November 20th, Michigan State at Ohio State is a gigantic game. Could almost be a play-in game for the playoff because the Spartans played really well. Beat a good Michigan team last week. Mel Tucker, second year. He's a Cleveland native, Hugh. Mel Tucker, Cleveland native, coming to Columbus on November 20th. So that win for Michigan State was gigantic. Now, Mel Tucker, a, a Mel Tucker question. My son, one of them, went to the University of Colorado. He's still mad at Mel Tucker in the way that Florida fans are still mad at Urban Meyer. Do you expect Mel Tucker to move on at the end of the season to USC? It's tough, man. Everybody's going to want him, right? I mean, sometimes when you're hot, you're hot. He is a Midwestern guy, right? He went to Wisconsin. He coached for the Browns. He coached at Ohio State. So I could see him sticking around, but he also knows the SEC really well. He's been at Bama and Georgia, and LSU might be really interested. He could be in a tough spot to make a decision. So you're right about it being a playing game. I listened to the, the College Football Playoff Show podcast, and I understand you guys didn't like how they got there. I like the fact that Ohio State can play in. I figure they set it up that way. And they put Michigan State for its first and only time in the top four ever. And that... That was a good set of rankings. What's most important this weekend? This weekend is an avoid the upset weekend, Hugh, because there aren't a ton of equal match games with the good teams. One to watch is Michigan State's going to Purdue. Purdue oh. has a couple really good players. 
Michigan State's only favored by three, even though they're the number three team in the country. But one I like is the Washington-Oregon rivalry. Hugh, I'm always on alert when coaches talk about academics. Because I get it, right? It's college stuff matters. But if you're talking about the academic prowess of your team and your college, it's only because you're not winning enough games. So Jimmy Lake, the Washington coach, took kind of a shot at Oregon this week and said, we don't recruit against Oregon because we're an academically better school. Oregon's number four in the country. Washington is four and four overall. Oregon versus Washington this week. When you start putting up the GPAs, it's like, all right, I get it. Your GPA is well, high. Go with the right. field. That's a signal of doom approaching. But wasn't Washington early on in the college football playoff show podcast, wasn't Washington a thing for a couple of weeks? Well, everybody really liked them. And then they lost their first game, and then they lost at Michigan and started 0-2. So that's when they went back to the chemistry lab. Okay. Before we we go to break, you said some interesting things about the college football ranking playoff board, how it's 13 people. I didn't know any of this, by the way, and how journalists should be on it and analytics people should be on it, but that the athletic directors are on it now. And I, that was all very interesting to me. Did they do a good job? They got they got sucked in by the Alabama aura. I thought I thought Alabama at number two was too much about Alabama's reputation, and they have great players. I don't think their collection of what they've done this year. I think they fell into a little bit of groupthink in that room. They do have thirteen dedicated smart people, but when you all think the same way, you can start heading down one path. If you don't have a couple people who say, "Hey, wait." What if we think about it this way? And I don't think they had enough people stop them from getting sucked in this week. You know, Shahan Jeharaja, I remembered it this time. Shahan was very upset. I thought he was going to have a stroke, but he's only like 23, so he can't have a stroke. What upset him so much? He loves the underdog. He loves the little guy. In college football, it's very difficult for the little guy to break in to the big dog room. Cincinnati has done everything it could do as a as a non-power five team. They beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a really good team. They've won all their games, and they were only number six. This was the highest, I think, that any smaller school would ever have a chance to be in the rankings. Some people thought Cincinnati should be in the top four. They're number two in the polls. They were number six in the playoff ranking. He likes the underdog. That's why he was so mad. But I mostly agree with him. Yeah, well, you know, life isn't a Hoosiers movie. It's not It's not going to work out that way. Cincinnati has to be good for five years. Doug Maurice is sticking around. And when he comes back, we're going to explain for the rest of the world OBJ, which for the life of me is the easiest thing in the world, but it has become drama fest across the United States. Doug has a great take on it that we're going to switch from the college football playoff, podca- pl- playoff show podcast to Orange and Brown Talk. When we come back, because you need to know about OBJ Baker and everything that matters in the NFL, because it's Friday on the Hugh Hewitt Show. Stay with us, America. America, bonjour. Hi, Kennedy. Hugh Hewitt live inside the Bellway. Hour three today on Friday. Hilltail Dialogue coming up. Hour one, I did Sonny Bunch, Doug Marie's on the College Football Playoff Show podcast. But this is a different Friday. I've asked Doug to actually stick around because there's a big story in sports. And the big story is in Cleveland. And Doug covers the Browns at the Orange and Brown Talk. He also covers the Buckeyes at Buckeye Talk. 
But Orange and Brown Talk is not only in the midst of a transition with Ellis Williams leaving and um, the new person whose name I can't remember, Doug. Ashley Bastock. Ashley. It's always it's like a TV series in the fourth season substitutes an actor for a familiar character and it takes a while. So, Doug, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. came to Cleveland and was on the cover of Sports Illustrated three years ago. He is having an interest. Well, you tell everybody this because I thought your conversation and assessment of this was 100 percent. Yeah, so he's been unhappy with how often he gets the ball. His dad posted a video on social media that shows all the times that Odell looks open and didn't get the ball. People got upset about that. They thought it was a shot at Baker Mayfield. And now Odell Beckham Jr. has been excused from practice the last two days. And there's a lot of reports that that, uh, Odell Beckham's representatives in the Browns front office are working on his release. And there are some reports that he may be released by the Browns today. And I just sort of thought maybe he can get in a room and work it out. That Odell Beckham Jr. has not talked to his quarterback or his coach since this stuff came out. And I know that you can get mad at each other and you don't have to be best friends. But I thought maybe you could still play football together on the same team and still find a way to work this out. It's been really unfortunate because Odell Beckham Jr. and Baker Mayfield really haven't been healthy and functional together at the same time. So I still thought there was hope for the last nine games of the regular season. It feels like it's not going to work out for you. This may end in the next few hours, and he may not be a Brown. But I just kind of wanted him to get some dinner and everybody try to work this out. Because I think sometimes something comes to a head. You, you, it, you hit bottom. And then you can move on and build a better relationship. So that might have been Pollyanna thinking by me, but I would have taken a shot. No, it was it was not Pollyanna. In fact, Mary Kay uh, is the is the homeroom teacher of Orange and Brown Talk, and everyone goes to her because she covered the Browns for the longest. She's the beat reporter. Everyone else is an analyst. And Dan Labby, who's a very fine uh, uh, sports writer and broadcaster, is of the opinion that this is an end of the world story, and that uh, Kevin Stefanski has to take a stand, or Andrew Barry has to take a stand. And I think you said I don't want to misrepresent you. Wait a minute. These are millionaires. That's a Terry Pluto line, by the way. Remember, you're talking about millionaires who get paid a lot to play a game. you got to get along in the world in which we live with people that you don't like. And I have been in broadcasting for 30 years, and there are a lot of knuckleheads in broadcasting. And you know what? You go to work. And, you know, I've been working with Dwayne for 20 years. So we obviously were like the Lockhorns, but we're fine. And I do not understand how anyone could come to the conclusion that you cut him. Because he's he's a receiver of some talent who will go to the Ravens. I mean, is this even in anybody? Is it in doubt that he'll go to the Ravens? It sure feels like that way to me, right? We may again, we may find that out very soon. That he, he very well could end up with the team that the the Browns need to finish ahead of, and may have to play on the field in their last nine games to get to the playoff. And I do still think he has talent. So, so it really is a rough spot. They do have a guy, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's a second-year receiver, who will probably slide in. But I just still think having him on your team in some way and keeping him off another team, those are two positive. He's still with you doing something, and he's not somewhere else. Those are two things that I still think could help the Browns, even though it's been clunky so far. I get it. But also, we maybe don't know it. I don't know what else may have gone on if there have been previous disagreements, but I do believe in a world of millionaires, a lot of players have supported Odell. 
you know, you have coaches have to work with those players. Like it's, it, you don't have to always see eye to eye, but you have to function together. So I do think, I don't think there has to be a bad guy in this. You, if the situation stinks, it's been a little rough. So I, you know, I don't know that you have to blame Odell or Baker or Kevin Stefanski or anybody, but I just would have kept fighting, kept fighting to try to make it work. And let's figure out, can we just get nine more Sundays out of this? Even if it's not a perfect fit, it still might be good enough. Yeah, Jarvis Landry is also on the Cleveland Browns for the benefit of people who follow some other team that isn't the most important team. Jarvis Landry is a grown-up. He's acting like a grown-up. His language can be salty, but he hasn't said anything. I thought Baker and St- Kevin Stefanski acted like grown-ups and not saying anything. I assume Andrew Barry told them not to say anything because he's the boss and he's in charge of the front office. But I, I go back to the conversation that people had on Orange and Brown Talk yesterday, which is there are millionaires playing a game. This isn't college football. You've covered college football. Ohio State had a blow-up this year. A linebacker stormed off the field and went into the portal. It was like a scene from a comic book. He disappeared into the portal and he's gone because he got mad and he's a kid. Well, these people are only 25 or 27 years old. They're not really um, parents. Until you're a parent, you actually don't have perspective on anything. That's the Hugh Hewitt view of the world because you don't. Do, do they ever just sit down and say, gosh, we have life has been so good to us. Maybe we should take care of the fans first. Do you think they ever have that conversation? Uh, maybe. I do think it's very hard. These are high-achieving people who have had success their whole lives. And usually what they've done has worked because they have proof. I'm at the highest level. I'm one of the best at what I do. And football, man, you've got to work hard to be good at football, no, how much, no matter how much talent you have. So I do think when you get to the top level, Sometimes you see things through your own lens because your own lens has gotten you where you are. So you have proof, evidence, time after time after time that what you do is right. Because I wouldn't be here otherwise. So I think that uh-huh. can be difficult. Money changes everybody. It is a lot of individual. It's a team sport for sure, but you have to have individual excellence. And I do think sometimes it's okay to like treat different excellent players differently because people come at view at things different ways. And, and I thought that Odell is a lot like an artist sometimes, right? That he has a certain way he does things. And the same things that make him great can also make him difficult to deal with at times. But you don't get to pick and choose with people. You take the whole package. Because if you took out some of the essence of what Odell is, you also would lower his talent level because he does it a certain way. So they've tried it for three years. I get that it's clunky. He wasn't going to be here next year anyway. The way that the salaries work, the salary cap with the Browns, this was definitely his last year, no matter what. So it's like, can you squeeze out nine more games? I thought maybe do whatever you have to do to squeeze out nine more games. But it's just it's just not going to be that way. I think it, it sounds well, like it might. He's got to play somewhere because he doesn't have a contract for next year and he's got to prove his worth or he'll end up signing a one-year deal somewhere to prove his worth. It, it's not in his interest to have this happen. But I, I want to conclude, Doug Marie's, and maybe it'll be on Orange and Brown Talk. You've already done this and it's already in the can. Is there any other aspect of life where we care what somebody's parent thinks? You know, if my my mom and dad are both gone, if they ever posted something on Twitter, no one would care. And the president of the United States, we sometimes have human interest story and their mom and dad, not President Biden, they're gone. But usually we'll get a nice thing on, on, uh, you know, Richard Nixon's mother, Hannah, at the White House when he was becoming president. Nobody cares outside of athletics what the parents think. Why is that a thing in sports? 
I don't know. Because again, Odell didn't do anything, right? His dad posted a video that hurt people's feelings. And then apparently and then Odell didn't apologize quickly enough for some people. So I guess if you think it's coordinated, if you think there's some kind of plan, but my mom always said like, blame her for stuff. She'll take the blame for me, right? But that whatever she would do, I wouldn't be held accountable for what my parents said, because guess what? And Odell's dad even said this. He said, I'm a parent first. So Odell's dad is not looking out for the best interests of the Browns. He's looking out for his son, because that's what parents do. That's what that's our job mean. is. Odell doesn't love the Browns still. I, I thought that was a little odd. All right, Zay, last question for you. It has nothing to do with football. You told the story about being in the drive through lane at McDonald's, I think in Bloomington, where you got stuck and you ended up having to get I just had a question. I've been there and I've done that. It's the McDonald's in uh, San Clemente on the way from San Diego to Los Angeles. If you stop at the wrong time and you're in the lane, you can't get out. You're there for an hour. When you go through that lane and you get your order and the fries are cold, do you, A, go back into the restaurant, park the car, go into the restaurant and try and get hot fries, B, throw the fries out the window, or C, eat the fries? So I, I, I am a grumpy customer sometimes, Hugh, but in the pandemic world where, where things are difficult for businesses, I do have more respect for anybody who's showing up and doing the job, even if my fries are colder than I would like. Old Doug might be throwing the fries against the drive through window. New Doug is probably saying, well, I'm glad you came to work today. I'll eat the fries as is and move on with my day. That's a great attitude. I would eat the fries without even thinking. Doug LeMarie's Orange and Brown Talk, Buckeye Talk, and, of course, the College Football Playoff Show podcast. Thank you, Doug. I'll be right back. OBJ, stay in Cleveland, win a Super Bowl. Really, winning changes everything. Everybody, come by, uh, get together. Let's get back to politics right after the break here on The Hugh Hewitt Show. That concludes today's episode of The Interview with Hugh Hewitt. Thank you for listening. Make sure you come back and check out all the other podcasts on the Salem Podcast Network. And remember to thank our sponsors, andrewandtodd.com. If you believe in long-form interviews like I do, then do your real estate transactions with Andrew Del Rey and Todd Avakian. I've known both men for a long time. andrewandtodd.com. Go there, answer a couple of questions. They'll tell you what's best to do with your house or call them at 888-888-1172. You'll be glad you did, and you'll be glad that you listened to the next episode of The Interview. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.